Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another TV season of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helberton, and who this is the way with me tonight? Hey, this is mercenary bounty hunter Carusetta, Carrie Chandler. <laughs> that was good. And where can people find you at? Hey, I, I stream on Twitch, Carusetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A. I've also recently gotten on TikTok, so... <laughs> I need to do that. Yeah. I feel elderly being on TikTok. That's understandable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Under 20. So, yeah. Well, the thing is, is, you know, like Twitch is where I've got my monetization and actually have like a lot of followers and stuff, but Twitch doesn't have any kind of, um, discoverability algorithm. Okay. So the, it, when you kind of read up on how to, you know, increase your following and, and stuff on Twitch, it's all like, well, you've got to use other social media that has like a <laughs> algorithm to it. So yeah, doing that thing. Making making literal pennies. Hey, I, I know <laughs> I make fun. a dollar off this show, so <laughs> there you go. If even that, I'm not. I think it might be less because <clears throat> part of that dollar comes from my wife, which comes from my bank account, which goes right in the same place. So. <laughs> so yeah, I make something, but not much. So, there you go. I, I understand. All Fun. right, we are here to talk about something that's been years in the making for us to do this episode. I had actually pitched this episode back in. God, I want to say 20 would have been early 2020 before I had my other co-host had quit the show and then it didn't we didn't do it. And then I've been waiting to do this. And we did season two back in early 2021. And we are finally now getting around to covering the Mandalorian season one. Yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) glad you have me because, you know, for just to give my my bona fides there, uh, I am. I'm a nerd about a lot of things, but Star Wars is the thing I am a nerd the most about. I am I am a big, huge Star Wars fan. And as a kid, I was just like super intrigued by Boba Fett. I want to know about Mandalorians and read the, you know, Tales of the Bounty Hunters and all that kind of stuff and had the the character guide telling the backstory of Boba Fett that's all completely fake now or non canon now and just uh yeah, so we've done some we've done a couple of Mandalorian things actually. Yeah, we did. We did the Bounty Hunter PS2 game, the first episode you were on. Yeah, which is a, a while ago. Way, way better than had any right to be, I think. Well, I, <laughs> I hated that game, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you didn't like it. <laughs> I played it wrong too. So apparently, I was wrong. They are still cutting the tree next to me, but oh, <laughs> so if you oh, hear I can't. Some I can't sound, hear. Okay, I can't good. hear it at all on my end. So. I can hear it. So if you don't hear it, good job, guys. There you go. <laughs> Somebody cutting a tree down next to me. So, but no. So Mandalorian season one, I had. I had realized that I had actually not rewatched ever. So this came out in 2019. Well, premiered the end of 2019 in November and all oh, premiered in November and ran to December 27th, 2019. And it was eight episodes, of the first season. And this is the first, it was like the first Disney plus show. This was a show that was launching with Disney plus to make you want to get a Disney plus subscription. It and this is also really the like the beginning of Star Wars growing in a different way because you've already had the. Did you have all three movies at this point already? No, because uh, Force of Rise of Skywalker, I think, or or one of them came out in December 2019 because it was the last movie I saw before the pandemic. Oh yeah, so Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Okay, so it would have yeah, came it was out the last right, movie I saw before the pandemic. <laughs> right when they were finishing oh. up, right when they were starting the Mandalorian in the middle of it. Okay, now I remember. I, I I honestly I feel like Rise of Skywalker may have premiered like the same day as the season finale of Mandalorian or something like that. It was very close if it wasn't the same yeah. day. They they actually there's like a a tie there's actually something well we'll get to it when we get to the last episode because there's a yeah. tie in with that movie. So Okay, so it wasn't just my imagination. Yeah. 
Um, on now. We'll, we'll get there in the last episode. But the other thing I do want to say is that this was kind of like a, a, a resurrection of Star Wars in a way. Because you had yeah. the movies, the trilogy finishing up, and they need to do something. So they're like, okay, we're going to make the show about the Mandalorian, which is our fa- our famous race, creed, planet in Star Wars universe. And this this show takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So the Empire has been defeated, but they're still around. As we saw, obviously, in the new movies, they never really went away. Yeah, this is my, my fa- like, I've read a lot of Star Wars books, and this is my kind of favorite era of for expanded universe stuff is right after the war because it's like you're talking about a war that's across a galaxy and you're talking about taking down a government that's been around for 30 years around a galaxy and so yeah like the fallout from that like there's going to be people who for them the war is not over you know yeah because you can't just just because you killed one guy and you blew up their big space station you didn't destroy the community you didn't destroy the government Government's still going to exist. Power is still going to exist in certain places, and that's what you see in the yeah. in the show. I mean, you see where you find out a lot of the Imperial warlords now, and they still run an area because they still have all their weapons, they still have their men, so they just run it the way they did. They just don't have the overarching power. Yeah, and that's the way it was in a lot of the books and stuff. You had these like moths that had just become like their own like little yeah yeah like I said warlords and had their own government set up and were doing their own thing in the the New Republic you know, government isn't going to be able to like police all that. Cause it's just, this like very, you know, nascent government. Yeah. They can't handle it, which makes sense. Yeah. I think uh, I like, we see a lot more of that in the second season, but yeah, you see the little bit of that in the first season too. And the, fir- the first season, like the, it surprised me. Cause I, I, I realized that I had never seen this again. Like I watched it when it aired, I watched it one time after with my wife and then I never watched it again. Until yeah. this past week, and I sat down and went and rewatched it, and I'm like, I had forgotten that the first episode, just the way that it starts, so you you start off with people in a bar, at a bar, and they're starting to beat up this alien, <clears throat> and that's just when Mando shows up and he starts to rescue the guy. You're like, okay, but he's not really rescuing him because he's a bounty. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> and, very very good tone setting with that first that first scene. And you you made a comment when we did season two like a year ago about how it's kind of like a Western in the, in this oh, yeah. one. Big and you time. were that first episode really like, here's this random guy coming to town and some little random bar in a desolate area. And he's just looking for someone like it, it does really have that Western feel to it. Yeah. I feel like if this had been animated, they would have given him like uh, the Clint Eastwood Serape, you know, from, from uh, <laughs> a few dollars more and all that. Yeah. I can believe that it, it, it would have gone just a little bit, more on the nose with it but yeah that's exactly what it feels like it feels like clint eastwood stepping into a bar i mean they well i was gonna say they might as well have given him spurs but they do give somebody spurs actually come to think of it oh somebody had spurs in the scene no not in this episode but later in the the season okay but it just but but yes i mean there's like actually like someone with spurs like in later season so yeah 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 it's it's a very interesting way to start it You, you have so much stuff happen. He captures the guy that he came there. He kills a couple of people. He kills one guy with a door. He gets squished yeah. it, just cut in half by the door. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. And, and then there's a, and then this is awesome. You see his distrust of droids because it's early on in this episode where a speeder comes. He's trying to take a speeder to get to where his ship is parked somewhere out in this ice planet. And speeder can't, you know, he, the first speeder shows up with a droid. He's like, no droid. And the guy whistles. And then some other, a guy shows up. Yeah. Which so is get... to show his hatred of droids. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, it plays a big part in the show. It really does, yeah. 
and it makes sense. I mean, this is also, I, I want to say, because, I mean, we'll jump around a little bit, but you get flashbacks throughout this show where it talks, where it shows you him being attacked by super battle droids yeah. as a kid. And to me, I'm just like, this is the most fearsome these things have ever looked in live action. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, the, I mean, and that that is uh, one of the, the great, one of the really great things about smaller projects like this, and it's funny to call this a small project because this is a you know major expensive show, but it's not you know on the scale of like one of the movies or whatever, and it's able to be. It's not using like any like major established characters for the most part, and so it's able to just kind of do its own thing. and And same thing with like the ex- extended universe uh, or expanded universe. Same thing. And they can take things from the movies that were mediocre or even dumb, and they can expand on it and make it better, you know? And it's like that, like the super battle droids is like, you know, they, they, they can take something from the prequels, which are, you know, mostly hated, and they can be like, no, no, here, we're going to make it cool. And we're going to use it for storytelling. It's not just going to be like a cool CGI thing. Like it's going to have like story reasoning behind it. I like that a lot. Well, it's nice to see the, I use nice the wrong word, but <laughs> you see in the separatists like being evil, being terrible. You see the battle droids coming through and just murdering a town of people that aren't fighting them in any sense. Like, yeah. you know, cause in the movies, in the, in the, in the prequels, you see your battle droids are just getting ripped apart either by clones or they're getting killed by Jedi. Like it isn't, they're not, you know, it's war, but this was different. This is the, the ugly side of war that you're seeing here where they're ripping apart a town, towns and civilians, not, you know, clones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing with clones is like, you know, they're not they're not people. That's kind of how (laughs) it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, they are, but it's that whole idea that they're expendable because they're just a clone of someone else. Yeah. I mean, that's why like the Jedi are slave 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 owners. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, one side is clones. One side is robots. Like, that's the whole point of of the, you know, of that original. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there a different time. (laughs) (laughs) I could go on about that, but it's just, it's very cool to see. And there's so much mystery to this character. And I think that even in the first episode, you know, nothing about him. You find out he's a Mandalorian. You see him in this arm, you know, in the Mandalorian armor. And like you, you know, he ends up putting the guy that he first gets in the, in the kryptonite. Or no, not kryptonite, carbonite. <laughs> carbonite. Well, wrong, <laughs> wrong franchise there. But that, that amused me. Cause you, you know, last time you saw someone get put in carbonite, they had a you know a, a very big contraption to do it. This guy, he just throws them in a thing and carbonites them. Yeah, that that was one where I was just like, you know, when Boba Fett did it, it was like it was like absurd, and, and he was even upset at the idea that they might do this because he thought that Han Solo might die, and he's like, I, I didn't, I don't know, like I'm supposed to be getting a bounty here, and and you know, uh, Darth Vader has to be like, oh, we'll 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 compensate you if he dies, you know. So that's only like supposed to be like eight years before this that it was considered outside of the norm to carbonite freeze a bounty. And now he's got like a bounty, got like a carbonite freezing chamber like on his ship. Yeah, the collection. And a rack rack of carbonite frozen. I think he had like multiple people there too, doesn't he? Yeah, he he does. He has like five or six people in there. (laughs) I like that. I want to know like what is he, what is going on with those? Is he just like waiting till he's in the neighborhood of wherever their bounties were at? Yeah, I mean that's how I took it. Like he was just holding he he caught him, put him in carbonite, and like okay, we'll just deal when we get there. Yeah, I mean they're not going anywhere at that point. Yeah, that was pretty funny. So I guess it doesn't matter. But yeah, that was amusing me. Like you are right though. I was thinking the same thing. Like it's only been a few years. It hasn't been that long. That it's become just like normalized. But yeah, I mean I think it, you know that there is. Uh, 
I tend to look at the Mandalorian and have like nothing but praise for it. But if I'm if I'm finding some things about it, there is a little bit of fan service some to it. Definitely a little bit. There's a lot oh, of fan yes. service to it, and that's just that that was there for fan service. That was made people go, "Ooh, like with Han Solo." But that's what that was there for. I'm. It, I'm did, okay it didn't necessarily that. make a lot of sense, but no. But I'm. I'm okay with it. Like this whole thing. Yeah. Is oh, exactly. I'm completely okay with it. This like this he, show is a masterpiece to me. Like when so. he goes to the first town that he goes that he goes to after you know he gets a ship and he goes to Navarro. Like you you have him run into. I mean, they chose a a, a good actor too. They picked oh, the guy gosh. to play Apollo Creed. Carl. Yeah, Carl Weathers to be <laughs> Grief Karga. Yeah, that was yeah. perfect casting. Was I, I love the good memes. Casting. That came out because what he does, he gives the Mandalorian some pucks, which are a little like holographic show a picture of a face. Like, okay, this is the person that is the you know the bounty. But in the the right. memes that came out was he had a, a an alligator, Dolph Lundgren, and I forget <laughs> what the other one was. Predator, right? From the different movies. Oh, a Predator. Yeah. The different movies he's been in where he's died or something happened to him. Yeah, it's <laughs> so like, I'm like people that have killed him. Yeah, people yeah. that have killed him in different movies. Yeah. I love that meme. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he, yeah, and I think he he is channeling some of that character from um from Predator. Oh, yeah. Because in Predator, he's kind of scummy and like not really to be trusted, but but very genial, you know, and and friendly at the same time. That's where we get that that famous him and Arnold Schwarzenegger like locking hands and flexing uh, thing. Oh, the eighties. Yeah, which I oh, I love. Right? So yeah, no, that, growing up in the eighties, like seeing Carl Weathers show up in Mandalorian was just perfect. Again, it felt more like a as, as a throwback to people that would be watching this who were Star Wars fans, you know, who grew up in the eighties or grew up in the seventies and saw eighties movies. Yeah, and it felt to me because they could have got anybody and they got him. So, but it worked. Yeah, like, no, he, that is that is true. And it was also amusing me how like when he goes to turn the bounty and he gives them Imperial credits to first, he's like, these aren't worth anything. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the Empire's gone. What, what are you doing? Which, again, it makes sense because you would have so much of that still floating around. And this is yeah. when he then gives them a bounty, which is what leads to the entire entirety of this show so far. Is he he sent to, which I, I like this, he just, he just gives them a fob, he tells them to go to this client, or gives them a card. And the client is an Imperial warlord who's been hiding out. And the guy never, I don't think the guy ever gets a name either. I don't think they ever name him, ever. Uh, if they do, no, I don't, I don't, I don't actually think they do. Yeah, okay. he's just the client, played by uh, Werner Herzog. He does a good job. Yeah, he does an excellent job. I love, I love that. That was again just like really great casting. I this is this part is like when you see, you know, he goes in the room and you see the Imperials. But one thing I love about the stormtroopers is all their armor is dirty and bent yeah. looking, and it just it looks like it looks shitty compared to other stormtroopers you'll see later in the show. Like these guys look like they've just been on this planet for a while. Things aren't going the greatest. Like there's one scene. Later on, when they walk by and there's a bunch of spears in the ground with stormtrooper helmets on it, yeah, like, the Empire is not liked here. <laughs> yeah, and and I I really like that a lot, and I like the it, it makes me think of like uh like Apocalypse Now with you know these like U.S. soldiers who have you know gone off the reserve. Uh, it's probably a racist term, isn't it? Who have uh, <laughs> gone? I was gonna then I was gonna say gone native. Jesus, uh, how do we you say were, this? You didn't mean <laughs> it as racist. It's just that it's just like one of the examples since we're on this yeah. point. Indian giver. I said that yeah. before, and I'm and it was a kid, and I was like, and now I'm like, nah, no, 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 oh, yeah. that's racist I know. as hell. I, but I keep thinking of, I keep just thinking of, I can't even think of the terms, but yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying. All... In a, in a, apocalypse now, these like soldiers who are no longer following, they're still together as a unit, but they're no longer 
part of the military. They've gone and done their own thing. And so they're all dirty and nasty and thuggish. They've become like a gang. And I, I like that a lot. Like, that's exactly what would happen. I mean, that is exactly what does happen. I mean, look at, you know, you could look at like when the U.S. invaded Iraq in 2003, right? And we just, you know, we took it, we won like really fast, right? You know, like a month, right? Or two months or whatever. And then we dismantled the Iraqi army. And then, you know, what do these guys do? A bunch of them go and become insurgents because it's like, oh, okay, so you've got people trained in military warfare who have guns and now they're unemployed. Like they're not going to just like disappear or all become like farmers. And it's a similar, you know, thing. Like, you know, you have a, you figure a galactic empire had to have millions of soldiers, if not hundreds of millions. Oh, yeah. Right. And those stormtroopers don't all just like fall over dead whenever the war ends. They don't all, they're not all going to join the, the new republic either you know a bunch of them are gonna just go be thugs i i love that whole situation what's very accurate what would happen yeah especially with a you know a galaxy type thing of this you know something this big is what would happen but everything like when he when he's there one thing that makes me laugh is another we were talking about throwbacks the client pulls out a container to have that has the best card and it looks like an ice cream maker yeah, which I'm pretty sure it's a throwback to Empire Strikes Back when the guy it in Cloud City is running by with an ice cream maker. They didn't, and they just yeah. gave it to him, and they're like, you know what? It's a container. See, it has. To- <laughs> yeah, it's it's another. It is so many little fan service nods. That's what makes it so. Because uh, I didn't. I don't think I caught that the first time, but now that I'm more entrenched in Star Wars in the last two three years, and I yeah. went and watched it, I'm like, ah, that's what's a joke too. <laughs> I, I appreciate little fan service nods like that where it's like, you know, blink and you miss it. Like in um, Force Awakens when they go to that cantina to meet with like Moss or I don't really know why they're there. But, you know, yeah, it's Moss or whoever the, the big eyed lady is. Yeah. And when they're walking in, there's all those like banners and stuff. And one of them is got Boba Fett's, you know, mega, is it called a Megasaur? Is that what it is? The the Mandalorian symbol? I got it. Boba Fett has on his pauldron that, that that symbol is like on one of the flags and it's like real fast it's like half a second you walk by and so you know you see that like wait a minute was that Boba Fett symbol rewind you know that kind of stuff I'm fine with yeah same here and th- this is one yeah. that's such a Easter egg that you would only get if you're someone like really into the canon and into the inside jokes of stuff that's happened. yeah exactly I mean it's something I didn't even catch the first time but it didn't click totally I'm like ah but you know it was there and it made me happy yeah Totally. And what planet does he? Because then they, they give him the fob. He goes to a planet. I can't remember the name of the planet, but it's where he meets. Oh, they don't even uh, say Nick. It's where he meets Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah, and this became is a great character. And yeah, it would just be it became like the most memed thing ever of the just to say this is the way. This is the way. I you know. Spoken. Or, or no, oh, no, oh no, oh no! I have spoken. I have spoken. That's yeah. right. This is the way. Was it? You know that yeah. meme is completely one away too. Yeah, I have spoken was great. I, that was that was all over the place for a couple of months there. Uh, Quill, Quill, yeah, K U I I L. Yeah, he's an he's an Ugnot, which again, that's like Empire Strikes Back. You don't see a lot of Ugnots, and like as as the story no, progresses, they're, they're just they were the guys like taking apart C three PO in Cloud City, and yeah. you know Chewbacca runs in there and yells at them, and they play like keep away with C three PO's head for a minute. They're just like funny little characters. They're they're the Jawas of Empire Strikes Back. You know, we have the Jawas in A, a New Hope. We got the Ugnots in in Empire Strikes Back. We've got the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. We always have to have like a short, funny little 
uh, race to laugh at yeah, in Star yeah. Wars. So they're the Ugnaughts. But I, I remember uh, there was a band I was really into in college called Nerf Herder uh, <laughs> that I can't remember what exactly, but they had like a line in one of their songs where they referred to someone as an Ugnaught. Because that's kind of funny. And I always, I always liked that. It, it's cool seeing the Ugnaughts in here and he kind of like throughout the show, throughout the season, he really goes into his backstory too. He's like, I work for the Empire. Like slavery, pretty much, he says. Yeah. You call it slavery, but it's essentially slavery and how, I, you know, he's earned his freedom. I completely forgot that he came back at the end of the season, actually, until you just now said that. Yeah. 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 You don't last long. <laughs> no, no. But, but, but yeah, I, I liked him. It was, it was cool. I liked his little, like, he rode around on like some sort of animal. I can't remember what he rode around it, on, but it looked like a dewback. It's not a Yeah, do-back. it did look, I think it, it, it might have been a dewback. No, they, they have a name for them oh, okay. because at, during when he, he says, I'll help you, but I want 50 percent. And he's like, of the bounty? He's like, no, of the amount of whatever the hell they were that they caught. Oh, he, uh, the, yeah. When Mandalorian shows up on the planet, he gets attacked by these two green dinosaur looking things. And then that's what leads to him getting them to then become rides to take him to where he's going. Oh, right, right. And the Ugnaught shows him because the the planet he's brought to starts with an A. I can't pronounce it, but that. He's brought to this planet, and that's where he ends up. And he's like, so I have a question. So he's going for the bounty. He gets to this like ta- this little encampment. Who the hell are these guys? Yeah, that that's a good question. So I figured that the the child is that there's multiple people trying to capture it, basically. That they've got multiple, and so this is like a gang that basically took him took him here to their hideout. Is kind of the way I looked at it. Okay. I, I assume that essentially you have the, at the very least, Werner Herzog is trying to get a hold of the child, but there might be other people trying to get a hold of the child also. Okay. Right. And the way I looked at it is like, so there's bounties out. And so there's a bunch of people going after. I mean, we know because we've seen it. Yeah. We, we, see see it a, a, we see a couple of different bounty hunters trying to catch the child, trying to catch or kill the child. And so I just figured this was like, like a gang that found him somewhere and captured him. Oh, that's a good took, way to put took it. Him to, took him to their their hideout. And this is also you get introduced to IG Eleven, which I like seeing an IG yes. droid. Yeah, so that's yeah, I, more more fan service. Yeah, because <laughs> IG eighty eight is one of those where IG eighty eight is in Empire Strikes Back for all of like um, three one second. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's in it. He's in the background for about ten seconds. Yeah, that's it. Doesn't have any lines. Doesn't even beep in the movie. But nope. he was like kind of cool looking and looked like he could be like an actual robot like looked like a real which that's one of my favorite things about star wars is that all the like technology everything looks like it could exist you know it's not like i guess i mean i guess it has to do with the fact that it did exist right there's no there's no cg really so it's all just like has to be practical and I, i love that i really prefer that because it's like it makes everything feel way more real and ig88 it just especially looked like a real robot and so like i mean i had a ig88 action figure <laughs> and then you you fight ig88 as a boss fight in uh shadows was, of the empire it, and so it's so cool to see yeah. another ig unit and exactly like you know he ends up almost killing him <laughs> and he's and he ends up having to work with him like i like that he goes down to him he's like hey we're gonna we're gonna strike a deal split the bounty okay and, he just, and they just get attacked by tons of whoever the hell these guys are yeah it's so good and his voice by Taka Wakiti too, or Wakiti. Yes, uh, yeah, Taka Wakiti. Yeah, I love that. It's just such. It's a good scene. It's still held up. And then when they finally get to the big reveal in the end of the first episode, of you know, of the bounty is a baby. It's a baby Yoda, right. is what he was called 
on the internet for still as yeah <laughs> yeah people on the internet man they just got like so like up their butts about whether it was okay to call him baby yoda and it's like we're not saying he's literally yoda we understand that this is taking place after yoda's dead but yoda's race was never named in any of the movies or anything still never been so named. it makes sense to call it well yeah i was gonna say i mean there might be some random ass comic book that there isn't that is, there's not so there I you looked go it right? up. all there is is yoda and yaddle are the only yoda two and that yaddle. ever been mentioned of this species before yeah i like to pronounce it yaddle just because it yeah. sounds stupid as it looks <laughs> so yeah, God, i hate the prequels but <laughs> but yeah no it's like people are like well, no because yoda was unique it's like why why he's just a he's just a person yoda was just a dude yeah, you're just, you're a just a dude. There's probably billions of people of his race, or maybe there's not. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just an alien that looks like Yoda, and yeah. it's a baby, and it doesn't have a name. So it's, Actually, okay, it's okay to call it Baby Yoda. Did not get spoiled on this because when this show dropped, I think I tried. Just, I went and watched it right away because people were like, "Oh, there's something happening in the end." And I remember I was shocked when all of a sudden I see the little green thing come out of the crib, and I'm like, "Yeah, exactly." I had no idea, and that that was great. Uh, this is a show where I didn't even watch trailers. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, and I this is one where I was watching them as soon as they dropped. I was staying off of social media. I didn't want to know Same. a thing. So like everything that happened in the show, every big reveal, every surprise, like hit me really well. Yeah, and and yeah, the child, like I it did. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was. I mean, it's obviously great. My my son has a numerous baby yoda items it's my wife wears baby baby yoda leggings and i has a baby yoda hoodie oh yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure neither exactly. are licensed by disney but hey <laughs> I'm no, that's sure. yeah i mean it, it was a, it was a it was a great little thing oh there and was so a thing on when, when this oh, came out etsy did a whole thing where it blocked you couldn't sell anything because disney was filing copyrights because they didn't since they kept either yeah. they didn't plan on this they kept it hidden there was no official baby yoda merchandise so the yeah. internet made baby yoda merchandise and you couldn't call it baby yoda you couldn't call it the child you had to say alien baby or alien kid in order to get past the things on etsy <laughs> yeah it's block you etsy etsy is really the wild west when it comes to ip theft <laughs> like i bought a bunch of stuff on etsy and i'm just like i bought a ton of unlicensed licensed stuff on etsy like it's 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 ridiculous actually i mean you know it's whatever if you know nature abhors a vacuum so I mean, it's what, you know, it's just what happened at that time. But they were so upset, I remember that, where you couldn't use those words. They were just, because they, they weren't making any money off them because they hadn't got anything out there yet. So they were upset that other people were making money off their stuff. Yeah, I mean, understandable. Now you they can. Paid, now you can they paid George Lucas $4 billion for this stuff. So Well, I mean, they were trying to hide it, so they weren't releasing merchandise. Yeah. But, I mean, it blew up so quickly. It really did. Uh, yeah, you couldn't escape. You had to watch these episodes the days they came out, because this was... This was the Game of Thrones, like season one Game of Thrones, you know, yeah. where everybody's talking about it. And in the, the end of this thing ever. first episode, in the IG-8, the IG unit, I was about to call my IG-8, puts the gun at at the baby to kill it. And then all of a sudden you just you hear a blaster and he he got killed instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, good. yep, that was really good. Really good. And I feel like episode one and two are very much of the same thing in this show, because two. Yeah, is they're, they're very much a two parter. A, a lot of the episodes are kind of like that's my my favorite thing about the one of my favorite things about the show is that it's very episodic. Yeah. But episode one and two are kind of a like a two parter more more so than others. And two is pretty good too. Like I 
again. It's a smaller I, story. Yeah, and but two, that's like, it starts off with him getting attacked by two, what I still call them boss, even though they're not boss, they're Tran- Trandodians or something. Yeah, yeah. Boss. Tr- Tr- Trandodian or Trandarian, something like that. Yeah, but he, in, the, in the canyon. Yeah, and this is also, yeah. in, in this episode, you see the first use of that rifle he carries on his back, I want to say. Yeah. Which is a throwback again, because that's the same rifle that Boba Fett has in that terrible holiday special cartoon. Yeah, it's um, it's a uh, in the I mean in the expanded in the extended universe that's a it's a vet sort of a V verpine rifle. It amuses me so much to see it again because I I have watched a holiday special on the show. Yeah, and it's just like you know there they there they go and do it they go bring that that thing back. Well, that's I mean that's similar uh, what Django Fett kills Zat. Zam, Zez, Zaz, whatever, Zam, uh, in um, episode two, the the shapeshifter assassin, yeah, gets shot with a verpine rifle. Oh, okay. that's that's what I... Django Fett, Django Fett has. Uh, I mean, it may not be the exact. It's definitely not the exact same one, but it's the same kind of style in the extended universe. Anyway, those are basically the ideas that they actually shoot a bullet rather than a blaster bolt. You see him load up stuff. Yeah, and that they use. It's like a railgun. It's like electromagnetic firing thing. So they're like super accurate, super fast. They're they're kind of known as Jedi killers in the extended universe because oh. it's moving it's moving way faster than a blaster bolt. That's oh, always so kind of like the yeah. Okay. Well, and and it, and of course, I mean, that's the extended universe. The extended universe doesn't count, but still, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to think about because when you think about it, like you know, blaster bolts, blasters are just really impractical compared to guns. Because they're firing like the the speed of like a you know like a a champion tennis serve, not bullet speed. And so yeah, like a human being, even a super powered human being, can block those shots. But like actual bullets, would a jet a Jedi they don't move fast enough for that. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that's what the Verpine rifle makes more sense. And then the extended universe have to get into like, well, they're only made by this one group, and they have like the secrets to it. And it's like no, that's it's just. It's just we have yeah. to pretend guns don't exist for Star Wars to be to make sense. That's what we yeah. need to do, and it's okay. But anyway, yeah, no, I liked it. It was a good. It was a cool. <laughs> again, more fan service, but that's like deep fan service because most mm-hmm. people have not seen the holiday special because George Lucas did everything he could to prevent people from seeing the holiday special. I think it's around on Disney Plus now, isn't it? It is now. Now, yeah, but when when Lucas was holding the reins, he buried it. He did not want anyone to see the holiday special. I mean, it's bad, but it's it's excessively bad. Yeah, it's it's worse than if for people listening, if you haven't seen the holiday special, it's worse than you're thinking it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got awful. It's, on it's somehow it's somehow worse than you would think than the reputation get, makes it seem like. Yeah, yeah, but but Disney doesn't care. Disney's like, yeah, no, watch everything. We didn't make this <laughs> give <show>. us money. <laughs> but this is another good episode too, because like you have you get the job with Sandcrawler. You have him trying to get back to his ship, and then you have him find out that the Jawas ripped apart his ship because they just found it, you know, abandoned. Like, oh, hey, let's just empty the ship off. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love it when he the Jawas because he actually like sits and talks to them in their language. Not right away. <laughs> oh no, not right away. I know, not right away. But still, the idea that he would do that, like, I don't know, it just like it speaks to his char- like to the character a lot of what he's I, like. He's like still, he is, he is cold, but he's not <laughs> evil, and he's. Well, I don't the know, first just, time he sees them, they're stealing his ship. And he starts disintegrating them, and then later yeah, on, when, when he gets the unknown, the shit, <laughs> and they're talking. He's like, "Yeah, they don't like you very much." Yeah, I disintegrated a few. Of them. Yeah, 
like you were saying yeah. during the conversation that he gets mad at them and tries to burn them with the flamethrower. Yeah, that's true. I think I'm thinking of um, more in the second season when he hangs out with the uh, the sand the sand people. And there's some in this season too. Yeah, but that's where he's Small much more. He's he's much le- he's he's much more like anti-racist than yeah. most Star Wars characters. The job with the sand crawlers just watching him climb up a sand crawl and just throwing things at him. I it's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the whole idea is that he needs his ship, his parts back. They only give it back to his parts if he does them a favor and they say, Okay, go get this egg. And I was thinking, yeah. okay, they're gonna sell this egg or there's gonna be some kind of use of that. And yeah. he goes to kill the mudhorn. I'm assuming mudhorns were have been in other stuff in Star Wars before. They look familiar. I don't I don't know. I'd never seen him I'd never seen it in anything before. I mean, it definitely has a similar look to like the Megasaur from the Mandalorian, like from the comics, but, okay. um, but I don't think it's the same. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I, I, I don't, I've never seen it, but okay, I'm, sure they, it I'm sure it was in something. And they were in the high Republic race to crash point tower, which is a novel. It looks like, yep. It's a novel. I'm pretty sure. Yep. So they were just in a novel before. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I'm thinking that basically nothing is new. Everything in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, whatever the hell that is. that a mobile? It's a mobile game. They were in that. Oh yeah, I have I have Galaxy of Heroes on my phone. So that's the only place are that you, they showed up that? before were a book, the game. So they were pretty much a brand new character. So they were something that I mean they existed, but they were never live action before. Right. And it's cool to see he almost gets freaking killed by this mudhorn. Yeah, he gets fight. messed up. I mean, he can't beat this thing, and it's all. And the thing is charging at him. He's ready to. He has a little knife in his hand, and it's all. Be, girl, uh, baby Yoda gets up and then freezes the monster. Yeah, with force helps him. That was a really cool moment. That was a really it's, cool moment. I mean, it's and then just like you know, and then he passes out, and you know, he, he gets the egg, and the first thing you see are all these Jawas. They open up the egg and just start eating. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was a great. <laughs> is a great. A great I mean, gag. I was I was really surprised. I'm like really they they send him through all this trouble and they're just like dee, 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 and they start eating. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that they were just fucking with him. They're just like, they're like uh, all right, we're gonna give this guy back his stuff, but let's make him do something for us first. Well, they're hungry. Let's, let, let's make him go get his lunch. <laughs> I mean, that's not an easy lunch to get. Yeah. I mean, he had to go and kill a giant rhinoceros-looking thing to go get lunch. Yeah, they probably figured if he dies, then you know they get to keep the stuff. So. Yeah. You're probably right. That's probably what it was too. They're like, yeah, hey, we got the egg. All right, let's eat, guys. Yeah, I, I love. Still, I love the voice, the the noises of Jawas. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, yeah, Genie. Yeah, I love Jawas. I've always, yeah, I've always loved Jawas. They're great. <sighs> Such I, a sim- just a, a simple design. It's just it's great stuff. And I want to say at the end, is it is it the same episode where he goes and yeah, he drops off the baby. He le- he he leaves he he drops off the child at the beginning of the next episode. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so it's episode three. I think you're right because I'm yeah. watching the recap as we're talking. That is a heartbreaking moment when he drops off the child and like just everything that happens. Like there's another which you know foreshadowing where he goes in the bar and everybody has the pucks or not the pucks but everybody has the fob. Like yeah, signed up for this job. Yeah, he gets mad because he's like, you guys sent people to come kill me. What the hell? And he's like, yeah, everyone took this job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a lot of money. He gets, he gets a lot of Beskar out of it, though. We kind of yeah. skipped over that. We skipped over in episode one where he goes to the Mandalorian enclave and meets with the, the blacksmith who makes the, makes the armor for him. He has like the one yeah. shiny pauldron. <laughs> and then he needs a whole lot new armor. And then she's even like, this is going to draw attention. Yeah. 
<laughs> you see him carrying the HP maker again. To yeah, put- I thought, man, I was like, that that was really interesting. They really took the whole Mandalorian lore in a different direction than I think it's yeah. ever really been shown before with the the like kind of cult living under well i guess they aren't all living underground that's just where like they meet and that's where the the armor lives well, they, but the armor seems to be like a leader i think they're living underground because they don't have a choice yeah because they were they're hunted by the empire as we see yeah, what happens. I, I guess i guess but i mean he's walking around you know yeah but he's only one of them they don't i don't yeah, think they realize they, there's a whole clan of them underground in this planet yeah but it was it was it was interesting. I, I like the the whole like watching them make the armor and all that stuff was pretty cool. And you know he he accepts the payment. He gets the payment. He you know they make him a whole new armor set. He goes in. He gets a new bounty. And then he goes to the you know he goes in a ship with a new bounty. And he finds this little silver ball that Baby Yoda had taken off in the other episode. And he's just he picks it up and all of a sudden he doesn't he doesn't start the end. He goes right back. He goes and gets the baby back. Yeah, and I think it, it's really it's one of those things where it's like he's tough, he's hard, but he's also someone that you know he was a he was an orphan. Yeah, that was uh, and that and he kind of realizes like you know I'm I'm not I, I'm becoming the bad guy here. I don't want to be the you know the bad guy. So I really like that. And that man when he goes into back to the to the compound or whatever. That is some of the best action. Like it really makes me think of the uh, Daredevil like hallway scene. You know that the, yeah. the hallway fight from season one of Daredevil. It really has like a similar feel of this this like just like it was a really epic, long, drawn out action scene. Because he it's just really takes well out done. so many stormtroopers. There's even one oh, point yeah. where he's like at least a dozen, like more than twenty. That. Yeah, I mean, and at the point where they, they, they surround him, he starts to put down his gun. He's like, okay. And then he shoots a little homing missile he has. I forget what that's yeah. called. Yeah. I don't know, but they're made, I think they must be made of Beskar because she, yep, uh, yeah, I think she calls them hummingbirds or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And they fucking wipe him out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's so good. He just takes the baby. And I like how his whole idea is he's going to take the baby and just leave. And you see him walking towards his ship in the, in the street. And all of a sudden you hear beep, 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 beep because everybody's a bounty hunter there. Yeah, now he's he's got the bounty out on him. Oh, that what it was? Yeah, that's well, that's the deal. Is uh, he? Oh, betrayed, I thought it was just so the fobs all went for Baby Yoda because Baby Yoda was in the street. No, no. So, well, may, I mean, maybe, but no, because they're. I think they look at the fobs and it's showing him. But it's uh, the deal is he broke the code. Yeah. The the bounty hunter like code. If you ever like betray a client or whatever, then you're dead. Like it's bounty. Like debt. It's uh, death. Death sentence. So that's like all those people have a bounty and it's, yeah, it's to get baby Yoda also, but it's also that he is, he is now wanted death, wanted for death. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then the Mandalorians come and save him. And like, that's really awesome. Some good scenes like that where you have the heavy, get the heavy at the only name he got, who is a big guy, a big Mandalorian with a big Gatling cannon who ends up fight was arguing with him earlier. And he's just like, this is the way they almost fought each other, and, yeah. and then now he comes here to save him. Yeah, I uh, I drew that like one of one of my favorite drawings I've ever done is I drew the heavy in pencil. Is is uh I just love that design. He's a cool character, and it's just like these characters never return really. Like they're in this one little scene where they all all these Mandalorians right. just show up and start gunning down, and they save him because it wasn't for them he wasn't getting out of this town alive. Right, exactly. And it, it's so good, and then they all they say this is the way. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's one of the best episodes of the season. It, it 
it's yeah. possibly my favorite episode of the season is the third. And there's episode. one of the aliens is a Darth Maul alien too. Oh well, yeah, whatever that race is, I forgot the name, but um, they're death. Uh, they're male Death Mary. Yeah, there's there's one of them in the group of bounty hunters too, which made made me smile that they did yeah, that. I, f- I forgot about that. And he tried to shoot Gre- uh, Grief Karga until Apollo Creed, but the guy has best car because they gave him a best. They gave him a best car for him finding you know finding someone to complete the job, and it saves him because <laughs> yeah. he tries to kill him. Yeah. And then this is like one arc, and then the show. I mean, the show keeps going. Of course, you get an episode four, but this is where they kind of have very like one off episodes that connect. Yeah, in a way. They, do, they do a few one off episodes till we come back to the last two episodes to so kind of finish it out. When you when we had talked about this, God, you know, almost a year ago at this point in early early twenty twenty one about season two, you had made a comment about how much of a you know it made you feel like a western. I have said before in this episode, yeah. episode four really feels like a western where he. He goes oh, to a I random mean, episode four is magnificent seven and seven samurai. Like it's a re it's, it's straight oh. up. That. Yeah. Okay. That I didn't know. I didn't yeah, get that. Where it's like, I mean, that's the concept of like, that you've got a, a town and they're being menaced by an evil gang and a hero shows up and helps them to uh, band together and fight off the gang together as a group. Yeah. Okay. That's so yeah, I, b- you're right. I believe that I believe that's yeah the Seven Samurai and then the Western retelling the Master uh, the Magnificent Seven I believe that's if I'm thinking of the right thing that's that I think story you are. I haven't this seen that a since I was a kid. Good episode two. It is. Like, it's directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who I never <laughs> realized was a director. It's also so different than what you just have seen because you had Desert Planets and now you're in a forest planet. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. him going going to a random bar and meeting a a rebel shock trooper who ran away. Uh-huh. Cara Dune, which eh, she's fine um, in this. <laughs> man, is one of those things. It's like I like the character. I I never cared for the actress, so I'm glad that she destroyed her career anyway. Yeah. So, well, he, the thing yeah. about it is when you have a job of like even my job, let's say, like I I worked for FedEx for a while. Like even I was careful not to say racist things on my Facebook or say <laughs> things that might be considered racist or yeah. political. Like I just ate. Okay. I made, I made, you probably I showed, you don't, you don't me, go on social media and compare wearing a mask to being in the Holocaust. No, yeah. those kind of, but again, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think you're right or wrong. When you are famous and we're talking about hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter, don't open your mouth and say things that are going to make people spread your name around like that. Yeah, I would Just, say like if I was famous, I would delete my social media. Yeah, like even, I would hire me. like a marketing company to do all my social media for yeah, me. I mean, stay I'm off not, my phone. I'm not famous at all, and I'm careful what I post in general because a job might see something I post that. Yeah, I don't want to be perceived like that, even you know in general. But so it's like people are like, oh man, they they shouldn't have let, you know you know what when you're famous, it all goes out the window like that. I mean yeah. even. In today's world, it goes out the window in general. So it's like, well, yeah. and people want to talk about freedom of speech. The government did not arrest her for being a piece of shit. Oh, she uh, got fired. Anti-trans person. She got fired by a corporation. This is literally how capitalism works. Yeah, like if I was but, if uh, I, when I worked at FedEx, if I would have posted racial stuff, they even said they made me. They made us all sign a thing saying you posted. You know, you you're out the door, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I'm sure she was well aware. This is how it works too. So she got what she got. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't care. Like, I always was just like, I, before, when she showed up, there is a part, of, she had not yet completely, I mean, I think there had been some comments in the past, but she wasn't yet, like, on the outs. Uh, and people were like, oh, this is awesome. This is this, like, MMA fighter. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. She's bad actor. She's a bad actress, but 
that's cool that they brought in like a actual MMA fighter in this action stuff, but then her action scenes aren't really good either. So I don't know. I like the concept of the character. I never cared for the portrayal anyway. So I was whatever. Oh, she's from Texas too, by the way. Yeah, she is. Yeah. (laughs) But this, this episode is interesting. I did not watch the MMA fighter either, but that's kind of cool, but eh, whatever. (laughs) I think she's pretty good too, from what I've heard, but, um, but yeah, no. So anyway, um, they're on the planet forest planet Sorgan and, uh, it's I, I like this episode a lot. It's a very like self-contained little like I said, I mean it's it's a it's an homage. Yeah, uh, and it's, I didn't it's really well done. That. It's really well shot. And like I said, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, I had never I, I I really knew her from, you know, her famous father and then the Jurassic World. And that's that's all I knew about her. That's like that's that's all I knew of her uh, was she's in Jurassic World. I and she's in the worst Spider-Man movie. And <laughs> that's and then that's it. I didn't know that she was like a director, but yeah, she's. I'm not sure how much uh, she's directed. I'm not sure. I did not look at. I don't know if this was like her first thing or. Yeah, my curiosity, not, but. but it's just a like you have this farmers. Like I like how they're like, hey, we you know our grandparents plant this land. We can't leave at one point when he's he's approached by these farmers to you know come and he doesn't want to do it at first. But he's like, oh, you're in the middle of nowhere. Okay, I'll go hide out at your town. And I'll come here and it's just, and it, it's like they planted these little like blue shrimp things that they're harvesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was cool to me too. And like throughout this episode, you have like, you, you have me, Cara Duna, we were talking about, and you know, she's just kind of a rebel shock troop, which is kind of cool. You see another thing like, she's like the, the, the rebels, you know, the, I'm the Republic's not going to want me. Like I've done things that, you know, we, I'm not involved anymore. And, and the empire wants me dead if they find me. And, yeah. You know, and she talks about the horrors of war too, which I like. Like, because they when they when they go to this town, first like, okay, we're just gonna go take out the take out the gang that's attacking this town. They find out they have an ATAT, which again makes me smile that it's more Star Wars references. They have some or you know, ATST. Oh, I get yeah, sorry, ATAT. They the episode would have been over real fast. Huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. An ATAT would have been a different situation. <laughs> it would have been like, yeah, we gotta go. Bye. <laughs> we ain't taking out an ATAT. But I love, yeah, ATSTs were like one of my favorite things. Like as a kid, that was like I was just like really like um, when I was a little kid. Return of the Jedi was my very favorite movie. Um, Same. You know, as I've gotten older, uh, Empire is my favorite, but AT uh, Jedi was my favorite for a long time, and I love the ATSTs and that. I love the you know where like the Ewoks like smash smash the one with the two like uh, log. logs together and all that. I, I had a um, the micro machines. Star Wars <laughs> toys. Remember Me those? Too. Yeah, I collected those. I tried to get all of them if I could. And I, I have them still. I have them like on a shelf. And the ATST was like my uh was like my favorite one of those because it was like it was actually on the legs, but it could stand up and is so super detailed. So yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really neat. Mine are coming, by the way. They're at my parents' house, my basement. Oh, I was talking to my dad. He's like, Yep, I'm bringing them bringing a bunch of your old toys, not that you have a house, and they're coming in the car. I'm like, Oh there you go. so hey, I might go find yeah. them. Micro machines. Yeah, but I like the idea of like um, after the war, there's all this military hardware just getting sold off. Again, it's kind of like after the Cold War, the Soviet Union just like selling all their stuff. And so there's all these like, you know, you can buy it, you know, you can buy a tank for like, you know, $30,000 and stuff like a Soviet era tank if you can go and pick it up. <laughs> so it it's so it's such a good like it's cool to see that, you know, see more about mm-hmm. the empire and you see them trying to survive in this town and how he's trying to hide and then like he te- like he teaches the villagers to fight which is also cool like so yeah. many things happen in this episode that i like and you also 
I mean, I didn't realize they're they're there for a month that they're hiding out. Yeah, it is a while, and they also it, um, we, this is when we we get some information like that he doesn't he's never let anyone see him without his helmet. Yeah, they start going. I but can't he does, remember, does, he, does he show yeah, his face yeah. to uh, Omera, or or does he just tell her that? He just tells her that he doesn't take off the mask in front of her. He takes the mask off yeah. after she leaves. And oh, he's looking okay. outside to eat. Yeah, and you get to see his face like out of focus. So well, no, you just see the back of his head. Oh, you see the back of his head. Okay, I'll you don't see I, his I knew face that. Still. I knew wow. that you see him without the helmet, but you don't get to see his face. Just his back of his head. Yeah, and he's he, is he played by Oscar Isaacs? Is that who is, plays him? No, I'm Pedro Pascal. Pe- oh, Pedro Pascal. That's right. Yeah, I never heard of him until the, uh, this show. And he I was in, he's in Game of Thrones for a little bit until he got his eyes ripped out. Yeah. And oh, no. Yeah. I remember like once I found out, I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah. And he's uh, in the just, I was going to say, he's in the, 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 oh, God, that horrible movie. Yes, it is. Oh, God. Wonder Woman 84. I was so excited for that. Me too. Oh, my, my, me and my <laughs> wife and my son watched that them like the minute it dropped. <laughs> Like on Christmas Eve or whatever, it's like, oh, this is this is the opposite of a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Throughout this episode, uh, any, any, but anyway, yeah, um, I, I did not take, know who he was. Taking down the gang and all that, like it's just it's so cool. And then like Cara Dune ends up kind of like staying in the town, or I mean, no, not staying in town, but you know they help. And then he and then it, they're there for a month, and all of a sudden you see another bounty hunter shows up and tries to snipe snipe the baby, and that's when he's yeah. like, I gotta go. Yeah, I think doesn't Kara Dune stop the sniper? Yep, she shoots him. Shoots him, yeah. And she's like, yeah, you can't can't stay. And but so, I like that. I like how that's how, what does it. Like that's what realizes him. He's like, okay, it's time to go. Yeah, well, I think his his hope was that he could leave the baby, the child there, and yeah, that they that would take care hope. of him, and that no one would find him. And I was like, that just feels like dumb. Like it just Damn, feels unlikely up. that no one's going to find it. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's a, it's a sad scene because there's like you see the kid, you see Baby Yoda playing with other kids. Like you see him eat a frog at one point, which becomes a thing. Yeah. He's frog. Yeah. That's funny, though. Yeah. It's just it's a good episode. And then the next episode is another one that, as you were saying, is kind of another one off. I don't like this it's one. It's even called the gunslinger. I don't like this one as much. Yeah. This is the one with Finnick, right? Yes. This is also the one that starts off with him in a gunfight against i'm assuming another bounty hunter and then he damages ship and he has to land on tattooing that's right that's right and so this is where we get is this where amy sedaris shows up is that the, the girl time? at the port yeah the the one that like runs the the port yeah it has yeah, the, that's her. the droids yeah that's that's uh amy sedaris from like strangers of candy okay i have no idea that it is but okay <laughs> okay she she's a she's a famous comedic actress and oh, her okay. brother david sedaris is a famous author and I've, I've always liked her as an actress. I thought she was really good in this. There's a there's a bunch of Easter eggs in episode two where you have the pit droids, which make you know make me smile because the pit droids are from episode one. I'm, I'm a fan of episode one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not, but I I like the pit droids. Yes, the pit <laughs> droids are fun. Hit it on the nose, the nose. I'm a big Ming Na Wen fan. Like I've been, I've had a crush on Ming Na Wen since I was like 12, and she was on the first season of VR and. She's she's been in so many things that I love. Like I'm a I'm, again I'm a really big fan of uh, Agents of Shield, you know. And she's agent she's a uh, Agent May in Agents of Shield. She's in that almost the whole. Is she in the whole thing for that show? She's in the whole thing. She's one of the main characters. Yeah, okay. she's she's uh, yeah. So she's in pretty much every episode, and yeah, she's a major one of the like three or four main characters of the show. 
and yeah, so I really, you know, of course she's the voice of Mulan, but I'm, I'm just a really big Ming, Ming-Na Wen fan. I like it when she shows up and stuff and, but she, and she, and she, it, she does no martial arts. And so she does some of her own stunt work and all that. Finnick, I was like, not super sold on though as a character. No, That's they, why, like I know with the book of Boba Fett, it's going to be her and Boba Fett. And it, I guess it was going to be Cara Dune and now it's not. Um, but <laughs> she's also like, in bad, bad that right. Right. Yeah, she is. I never saw so, that show is bad, bad prequel to this. Yes. Well, sort of bad batch takes place right after the end of episode three. Oh, that's what, okay. That's what I thought. So bad batches. Um, she's in it a, as a bounty hunter. An intercool. An intercool as they call it. Brought uh, her yeah. back after Mandalorian season one and two, and they put her in, in bad batch. Yeah. So I, I like, I feel like Finnick could be a, a really cool character. I feel like they don't use her very well in the show. They, they try to sell her as like a badass, but then she doesn't ever really do anything badass in, in the Mandalorian. No, uh, I, I think it's until, coming though. Yeah. The, the final episode of the second season, there's like a gunfight where she does something badass in that she walks and shoots a gun and doesn't get hit. But it's just, yeah, they, they did like, they had action scenes of her where she doesn't, she doesn't really shine. Like, I, I feel like they could have done better, but, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. This was my least favorite episode of the first season. It's, and I was, I found out that Ming-Na Wen was going to be in it in some role. And so I was really excited for it. And then when she showed up, I was like, okay, well, that's, that's fine. Yeah. She's just, she's a badass assassin sniper. But like the thing about this episode, I also like is one, the swoop bikes, the swoop bikes are not the, are, are from Shadows of the Empire. Yes. They're from so another of the little Empire. reference. They came, back in, they came back in episode two. <laughs> so it made me happy to see them sitting there. They're riding them. And, you know, just so like the, there's a do back and, because he the whole thing is he runs into a bar because he's looking for a bounty. He finds some idiot. I'm going to use idiot as a term for this guy who hires him to help him go and get Fennec and he'll give him the bounty money. Yeah. I mean, he, he betrays Toro. him because he finds out he's worth more money. Yeah. And the baby's worth more money. But it's just I don't I mean, they're he's cool. Like a, he's like, like a new he's like a newbie bounty hunter. And this is like his first big job. Yeah, I mean, there's cool scenes to it, like the whole thing of him, of them going to the sniper when she's trying to snipe him and they're doing the flashbangs to blind her to get to her. Like, those are cool scenes. And she does, like you said, she doesn't do much. They just arrest her. And then the guy, she convinces the guy, oh, you should go after Mando. You'll need my help. And he just shoots her and then leaves her for dead, which, spoiler alert, she didn't die. Right. And then the guy goes back to tattoo, goes back to the Moss Eisley and ends up try and capture grow baby Yoda. And then they, he shoots him, kills him and he takes all his money. <laughs> right. And then at the end, you think that you think that Finnick is, has died. And then she's like in the desert and you hear the spurs walking up. And that was what got everybody super excited. Well, they were spurs. Well, that's what people thought. So they, you hear this, like you hear footsteps coming and people are like, you can hear the jingle of spurs. That means it's, uh, what's his name? That bounty hunter recurring character from Clone oh, Wars. Cad Bane. Yeah, so people were like, certain, oh, Cad Bane is in this, Cad Bane is in this, and then other people were like, no, it's definitely Boba Fett, and it turned out, of course, it's Boba Fett. But <laughs> I, I haven't were, seen it in a while, because I didn't, I didn't stick for it, yeah. the end of this thing, but isn't it Let's like see. you just see somebody in the desert, a bald guy walking right. or something? Well, you hear that again. You hear like the the jangle. I think is what got people excited. Oh, okay. Like, you just yeah, see the but boots. look at the. You see the boots, and people are like, "No, those boots. Those are Boba Fett's boots." Like, I'm thinking of season two, where you see the bald guy. You see the bald. You see the back of his head. Yeah, 
But yeah, the people basically, you could hear the jingle and you see the boots and people are like, oh, jangling spurs. Cad Bane wears jangling spurs. It's Cad Bane. And then other, and then other people, I personally was like, yeah, I doubt that it's Cad Bane. It's probably Boba Fett because why not? Well, it's Tatooine. That's where Boba Fett is. Well, that's where he was the last time we saw him. <laughs> I don't know. I am one of those people that like, um, I really hated that they put Boba Fett in the show. I, I think I said that when we did our second season recap, I w- I, I felt like they did a good job of it, but I did. I was upset when I found out Boba Fett was going to be in it, and then I felt like they did a good job of it in the second I was season. Happy, like I, I'm glad that his story is continued and going to be wrapped up versus just getting eat, eaten by a Scarlet Pit. See, I like the idea of him just being eaten by a Scarlet Pit. It's like here's his badass. Y'all, even badasses die. You know, like I like the idea of just like, well, nope, he's dead. I don't think he's getting out of Book of Boba Fett alive. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't either, but. I think things are going to go really bad for him by the end of that miniseries. Yeah. I think he's going to have some sort of, you know, noble gasping death at the end, but we'll see. But anyway, yeah. So that's chapter five. So then chapter six is the chapter six is I said that chapter three was my favorite, but six might be because mm-hmm. it introduces us to space Boston, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Space Boston, uh, Malk, Malk, wasn't it? Ah, Malk? Space Boston. Yeah. Well, no, I was saying his name. He's from space Boston. It's a I, good, it's a good episode. It's another one that's it's very a really like good one. Self-contained. Where, yeah. Where Mando is go, he needs money. So he ends up teaming up with someone he worked for a long time ago. So they don't really ever say yeah. how long. And so they put together a crew. It's him and a couple, a few other aliens. A twi- and a, and, and a also droid. this is the first time you see a Twi'lek live action. That isn't just a, a dancer or is not yeah. just somebody being sold for, you know, sex slavery. Like this is yeah. an actual, like, one of the one of the members that come in the heist is a Twi'lek, and she's just a maniac murder, you know, murderer. Sheehan or or something like that. Something like that. But God, she's a yeah. little. And it's just cool to me to finally you see Dever- that you got a, a Deveronian also, which are like the devil devil guy. Yeah, but you never. Well, they were they were never live action before either. Uh, no, either were uh, in um, a New Hope when they're walking through Moss Eisley Cantina, oh, there's a Deveronian like uh, in the back, like, you know, doing drugs or something for like a second. <laughs> I know you're talking about now. It's just, yeah. it's so cool to see. So you have, you have space Boston, you have Twiley, you have the red devil and you have a droid that's piloting the ship and they yeah. go in and they're going to, and they end up going to Republic transport to go and get somebody out. And like, you can already see the distrust between them. Like they do not like Mando. They don't trust Mando. And then it really comes to head midway in this episode where they, they find an actual soldier, someone that's not, you know, not a robot. And yeah. they're like, okay, let's just kill him. And Mando's like, no, we're not going to kill him. Yeah. And oh, Mayfeld. That's who it was. Oh, yeah. Mr. Space Boston. That's Matt Miggs Mayfeld. I had to look it up because I was like, I could not remember. Mock is his friend that he's working for. Okay. The yeah. guy from Sons of Anarchy? Yes. Not, <laughs> wait, who is it? The old guy that's in the ship is from San that that hired him is from Sun is in the show Sons of Anarchy. Oh, is he? Gosh, the the guy with the long hair, like really long hair, in Sons of Anarchy. I never watched the show. I just know he's from Sons. Uh, I just know he's in it. He also play. He's also in Batman Begins. Yeah, he plays uh, Flash. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to remember. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. But it's yeah, just I'm, a good episode, and like they now. turn on him. Like right after that, so they want to kill the guy. They do shoot the guy, and I'm assuming he got killed. You don't really find out, but like it's just such a good scene. And then they, and then when they go and rescue the guy that they were trying to get, 
if it turns out that it's the same, it's someone that he put in prison. Yeah. <laughs> it is like a real bad guy. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, shit. And then they throw him in the cell instead. And like, well, you're going with him. Yeah. Quinn, Quinn, I think. Yeah. And then that was good. Like, they just they just chuck him in the cell and leave him there. And he escapes because they find a robot or one of the robot guards walks by and he grabs the guy and ends up getting rips off part of his arm to get the key to unlock the door. Like all that stuff was just so good. And yeah, this awesome. whole, this whole thing and his fight with the Deveronian is really cool. Yeah. They, they do a good job. Like he shuts off the lights and he's hunting after them. And like, there's a scene where he takes off like four guards at one time. They just let him. Yeah. Like, it's really good. I, I really liked it. Like I was surprised how much fun it was, like how good it is. Yeah. It's another, like it's a really good self-contained episode. It's got lots of good, uh, twists and turns it's got lots of good uh fight scenes and, and action sequences and then yeah the ending the the double twist ending is really good too yeah like it's i, I like how he ends up capturing everyone but quinn and throws them all like you don't see what happens when you think he kills them but he just throws them in a cell and yeah. then quinn's like uh you know you who turn me you still get the bounty so he still go you know he kills the droid because the droid was going to kill grogu right maybe yoda and then he just he brings Quinn back and then they're going to kill him anyway. Yeah. His friend is going to double cross him. And so I don't know why, though, like they gave him the money, but they were going to double cross him anyway. Because uh, he's a bad guy. OK, that works. No honor among thieves. Yeah. And then I, I like how because when earlier when they when they find the guard in the ship, the one human guy and they don't and they kill him, I think they killed him. But whatever they did, he ended up hitting a button, which ha- sends a tracker to the rebel fleet. Or not rebels anymore, the Republic. And it's, it's a kill squad where they're going to come and blow up the target. And he yeah. takes the tracker and he, and he puts it on <laughs> Quinn. So when Quinn goes back to the space station, like, all right, we're going to send that ship to go kill him. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah, X-Fighters X-Fighters show, show up. up. Yeah, I love that. X, you know, X foils and attack positions <laughs> just blow the thing up. I love it. <laughs> Take it out bad, too. Yeah. Well, I think it helps to show that, like, the Mandalorian and all the stuff that he's getting involved, that he's involved in and everything, these are all very much like, like, it's all very amateur, like, it's not military, you know? And so when the actual military shows up, it's just, bam, everyone's, you know, boom. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it is good. And then this leads us into the last two episodes, which are very much... Another two-parter kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. And, and very much like kind of like uh, wrapping wrapping up this uh, this kind of season long uh, storyline of, you know, you kind of knew he was always going to have to come back to Navarro. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it, you knew it was coming. Yeah. You can just and I like it. Like, I like how he gets a message from Grief Karga. Be like, hey, you will forgive you. Just, you know, I want to get rid of these Imperial scum, too. And, and like, you know, he's. You know he's lying. Even Mando Yeah, knows. and Mandalorian knows it's a lie, too. Yeah. You know, but he, he knows that if he doesn't take out the Imperial, he doesn't stop this, the hunt is never going to end for Baby Yoda. There'll be no no release for him, no safety. Yeah. You know, for either of them. And this is what... Yeah. But I, I like how the whole point... So in, instead of going back straight away, he goes in this episode, he visits the people who helped him. He goes back to the first planet where he recruits the... Well, how they call them? Uh, not... The Ugnaught, and he, and then he finds, I love when he first sees the droid, too, the IG-11, and he's ready to shoot him, like, oh, no, he's a nursing droid now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that, that he reprogrammed IG-11. Yeah. And, and he goes and picks up Cara Dune. 
And so he's got his he's got his crew now. It's not just him by himself. He's got he's got Quill and and uh, Dune and and IG Eleven. And then he goes then he goes back to Navarro to meet up with you know Cart with Grief Karga. And this is where he's like, "What do you have other people for? Like, it's fine. Don't you trust me?" <laughs> like, no, yeah. no, I don't. Because you're a criminal. <laughs> yeah, and then they. I can't. What is it? What are the things that attack them? Some flying creatures. I don't remember what they are. It just in my in the description I read just says they are attacked by flying creatures. Yeah, I can't remember what they if they were supposed to be something we've seen before. But and this is what uh, I was saying that the tie-in with Rise of Skywalker was this part. Well, yeah. So uh, and it's not a tie-in exactly, but Karga gets injured and Baby Baby Yoda oh. kills him with the Force. Yes. And that was something that had been done in comics and in books, but had never been done in any of the live action. And then that happens in Rise of Skywalker also. She uses the Force to heal that, like, snake thing that is hiding the MacGuffin. <laughs> and and people, like, were freaking out. It's like, oh, you can't use the Force to heal because we've never seen that in a movie. It's like, you could use a Force to do anything you want to. The Force is just a, a plot device. Yeah. And also, read a book. They've been using the Force to heal or, or, or play a video game. Damn. Like, Force healing has been a thing, like... Since like the, you know, I mean, Star Wars D and D, like it's a thing. It just hasn't been in live action until now. Yeah, it's been around for a long time, and this is the whole, and that's the whole reason why Grief Karga doesn't betray them because Baby Yoda heals him and saves his life because he yeah. gets the poison out of him. And when exactly. they're heading towards the town, at one point he's about to, he's supposed to turn around and shoot them. You have two, the two other bounty hunters with him walking behind them. He pulls out his gun, turns around real quick, and shoots them both. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we were supposed to betray you. <laughs> yeah, and I like that a lot. I like that Car, you know, Carga turns turns good there at the end. That's good. And yeah, then, because all all because his life was saved. He's like, no, nah, I can't go and you know pay a life debt and just you know kill you too. I don't have the heart anymore. Yeah, and then and, uh, do we do we get to see Giancarlo Esposito in this episode at the very the very end? end? Yeah, yeah. Which I thought that was another. I had no idea he was going to be in the show. So I was. There's a lot of things excited. that happen in this in this last part. So, so he goes back to town. The deal they make is Grief Car- Grief Karga puts handcuffs on Mando and he's going to act like he captured Mando and the baby. And he's bringing right. them back to the Imperials. Cara Dune hides her tattoos because she has tattoos that she's a shock trooper and comes right. in with them. And they go to they go to the old guy that they got the bounty from earlier. And there's more troopers in there than they, than he said there would be. There's a lot more stormtroopers in the room, in the building, in the town. All his all the intel they got was completely wrong. And yeah. he gets a message from somebody else when he's in there, which is God, Charlo, what's his name? Moff Gideon. Oh yeah, Moff Gideon. Where he's like, did you check the bag? <laughs> and he goes, and they go to open the crib, and there's no baby there. Yeah. And then Mandel just start they just start shooting up the place. And killing everybody. And it's during this scene when they're trying to. And at the same time, you see the Ugnaught is rushing back to the ship yeah. with the baby. And he gets shot and killed. And then the baby's picked up by scout troopers. Yeah. Which scout troopers are always my favorite stormtroopers. Also, just aesthetically same. speaking. Again, I think just being like a, a big Return of the Jedi fan as a kid. I just love the, the, sh- the, the, the shape and stuff of the helmet. I always like the scout troopers. It's also at the same time when that is happening that they they get out into the town and they end up or no, they're hiding in a building where they were at. They get surrounded by stormtroopers. And this is when Moff Gideon shows up and pretty much says you're cornered. 
Yeah, he's like shows up in like that black tie fighter, right? Yeah, it, it's like, gray, but it look it's, it looks different. Yeah, more of a tie interceptor, I think, is probably what it would be yeah. considered. Yeah, but it looks like a tie interceptor. Yeah, it's good. Like I didn't know he was in the show either. He plays such a great villain that actor. Yeah, yeah, Giancarlo Esposito is awesome. Like I was a big fan of Breaking Bad. Same. And he's so good in Breaking Bad. But he's been in a lot of stuff. But I don't know yeah. if I can ever watch that show again, though. Like, every so often, my wife's like, yeah, hey, we should watch that show. And I'm like, I just don't know if I can do it again. Yeah, you know, I think about it occasionally. I'm like, oh, I should rewatch Breaking Bad. I haven't watched Breaking Bad since it was on the air. Like, I haven't. And then I just, I'm like, no, oh, no, it's, it's so much stuff to watch. And I already know what's going to happen. Well, it's not even, it's a tough show. I have a hard oh. time with really violent shows. Like, I just got done watching Squid oh. Game. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm really, I'm really desensitized to violence. I watched uh, <laughs> Halloween Kills last night, and I was just oh. like, "Oh, look at that! That was cool. That was a cool effect. I go stab that good? woman with a a a light." Yeah, I liked it. All. If you like Halloween 2018, okay, it's it's uh it's Halloween 2018 is one of my favorite. It's definitely my favorite slasher movie, and the new the the sequels is not as uh, it's not quite as good, I think, or maybe I just it wasn't quite as satisfying, but it was still really good. Yeah. Okay. It was much more thoughtful, contemplative than than most of the Halloween or, or most slasher movies. It was much more philosophical, you might say. Okay, I don't. That's all I could say about. That's all I could say about it without really ruining anything about it. Uh, if you like, if you like the 2018 Halloween, then you probably would like it a lot. If you didn't, then you probably wouldn't. I just asked for my wife because she's big into horror movies, so I, and I don't. Oh think yeah, she's seen that one yet? Well, I'm sure she'll. I'm sure she'll want to see it, whether she likes it or not. <laughs> She'll want to see it just to have seen it. So it's on Peacock. So you don't have to brave the plague to go see it in the theater. It's on Peacock. <laughs> Peacock is only $5 a month, which is, I thought, it, I thought it would be more than that. I mean, Disney Plus. Well, no, Disney Plus went up. Yeah, Disney Plus went up. But you can pay like for a year. I pay for a year at a time with Disney Plus. So it still comes out to like $5.20 a month. I need to get, get rid of it at some point, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I it's keep coming. thinking I do. And then, you know, what if? Loki, whatever. I was like, all right, I guess I'll stick around. That's why I still have it. it. The big thing is, is that they offer that cheaper package where I pay for a year. So I'm like, oh yeah, I can just drop $65 once and then I have to worry about it for a year. You should do that. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so then the last final episode, episode chapter which, eight, Redemption, directed by Taika Waititi. Oh, did you? I, I'm a big Taika Waititi fan. I love everything he's made. So I was, yeah, I, I, like, I like that. So this, this episode starts off with two scout troopers, the ones that captured Baby Yoda, are talking and they want to see him in the bag. And yes. if I remember correctly, this is a cameo. They're both like famous actors. Oh, really? Yes, I'm looking up right now. Yeah, that, that, sure conversation, like, they that were, conversation. They were not just. Let me see. Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pauly. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know who they are exactly. <laughs> Adam Pauly is in like he was in Happy Endings. And he's like really popular with, you know, people because of that. And then Jason Sudeikis has just been in so much stuff. Jason Sudeikis is like in a, he was a recurring character in 30 Rock. That's okay. where I knew him from. But he was a Saturday Night Live actor and writer. I've seen him before in like posters of stuff. Yeah. Sudeikis is really great. Um, I, was try- I was trying to think who he, he, he was dating someone. Olivia Wilde. Yeah. He, he was he, I think he and Olivia Wilde just like broke up last year, but they, they have like kids together and stuff. But no, he was like last man on earth. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, 30 rock. He's one of the leads in horrible bosses. If you've seen that, never seen that either. He's really great in book smart. If you've seen book smart, which is directed by his wife, 
Never or his seen any. Well, ex-wife or not wife uh, partner. Booksmart is really good. He plays like their like principal who's also an Uber. He has to be like an Uber driver. He's really funny in that. He's just in a ton of stuff. And he played like he was he did. He he's been like he was George W. Bush, Joe Biden and Mitt Romney on Saturday Night Live at different points. So anyway, I love Jason Sudeikis. I had no idea that was him. That conversation with the stormtroopers is is excellent. That's and, and it's very Taika Waititi. It's so good. Like they're like, "Hey, can we come bring the baby?" No, no. Gideon's still talking. He just killed the guy for interrupting him. Just okay. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. And at, and at one point, they punch the baby in the thing because he makes no answers. Yeah. Oh, he bites him or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. And then. When the IG unit finally shows up and he grabs the scout trooper one, he bangs his head against the against the swoop bike and bends the swoop bike. Yeah, after he breaks his arm. Yeah, IG eleven shows up and just wrecks shit. I love it. Uh, it's the only reason they survive this whole scene because they're locked in this building oh, yeah. and they have a giant blaster cannon armed on them, ready to just blow them up. And Gideon's like, "Yeah, just I'll give you a little bit of time." Yeah, I think that's what they call a web cannon in the extended yep. universe. Yeah. And he, and Cara Dune even talked about how she's seen that thing rip apart people too. Yeah, and uh, we more. find we find out the Mando's name. Oh yeah, Din Din Djarin or something like that. Djarin Djarin. This Dijarin. is also when you get the final scene of the flashback that you've gotten periodically throughout the show, but you finally see that it was Mandalorians that rescued Mando when he was a kid, and that's why he's probably- right. Yeah, that they they adopted him. Yeah, that's how we get that and. Yeah, I just uh, this was this was all really good. He takes, uh, I think, does he take off his helmet and finally in this one? Is that what it is? Yes. But is, er, before this, when IG Eleven shows up, he drives into the town on a swoop bike, carrying Baby Yoda, and just taking out people after people after everybody. People. Yeah, I love how he just like swivels. Yeah, I love like the swivel action of IG Eleven, and it's like so. It's like one of those robots that builds like cars, like one of those ro- welding robots. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> just like so precision. I love it. It's cool. I mean, just watching him take everybody out and then the whole, and then he gets to where they're at. He jumps off and then because he causes all the, all the chaos, they come out and they start shooting. They try and take everybody out and then they get pretty much beat up and Mando gets shot up. He gets he something. He gets something. They blow up something next to him. He take, gets concussion or starts bleeding. Yeah, he, he gets going to die. And they run back into the building they were at to hide again. But now they have IG 11 on their team. They're able to cut this vent open that they saw before. They couldn't open in the last episode. To yeah. Escape into the sewers. Right. And then and we discover there's, we just, well, before yeah. that, this is where he takes off his helmet where he's about to, they, they got to, you know, care doing like, I want to help you. I need to look at your head. And he's like, I die before anyone sees, sees my face. And I like how IG 11 about to take off the helmet. He's like, I can't let a living being see my, see my face. He's like, I'm not living. <laughs> Yeah, I like that because it makes sense. He's a robot. Like it doesn't, you know, yeah. he's gonna, he's, he doesn't. Matter. I guess it makes he, sense. Yeah, he takes off the helmet. This is when you see Pedro Pascal's face, and I'm just like, I could have done without this. Yeah, exactly. I felt like it was unnecessary. We didn't need to see his face, but I guess it was one of those. Again, it was also one of those things where we saw his face, and I was like, oh, it's Pedro Pascal. I was like, like this is not a huge reveal to me. If they had like pulled it off and it turned out it's like Brad Pitt or something, that would have been like what. But that it's Pedro Pascal. I'm like, okay, it's cool, good. <laughs> I, I I liked that time that he almost killed the mountain. That was cool, right? That's him. What was? Uh, Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones. He was the one that dueled. Was he the one that dueled the mountain? Yes, that's him. And and almost got him. And then the mountain just like smashes his head with his bare hands. Yep, and he gouges his eyes out. Gouging out, out his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Talk about graphic violence. 
Um, Never yeah, seen so it. they go they go into the sewers and is do they discover like all the Mandalorian armor just like stacked like trash? Yeah, they find piles of helmets. Which is that so supposed to be Besker or I guess it's not because it's not all shiny. No, not everyone had Besker. Just a few people. Right, did. right, right. So it's it's not it's not valuable. It's just it's been stacked there. Which I I was curious. Did that mean that they all died? Or did they leave their armor behind to go into hiding? They height? don't say. I'm assuming they all got killed. I feel like if they all got killed, they the people that killed them would have taken the armor. Okay. Even if it's not valuable. So my thought was, is that they went down. My, my first thought was, oh, they all died. And then I thought about it. I was like, actually, what I'm thinking happened is they decided we've got to go into hiding. And so we're going to leave our armor behind. But okay. the fact that they left their helmets, if they're not allowed for people to ever see their faces, then that would make you think they died. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. You wouldn't know. But who we they find are that the armor is still alive. And we once again hit on something that always bothers me in Star Wars. And that is people acting like they've never fucking heard of the Jedi. <laughs> and, yeah, and I, I, like, I get it. It's a big Jedi? galaxy. But if there were like space wizards with laser swords people would remember that they would not forget the space wizards of laser laser swords. Well, propaganda, I guess, but I mean, the way that I, <laughs> I always justify it to my, in my head is that the empire did such a good job of releasing propaganda and covering it up. And the Jedi weren't everywhere. The Jedi weren't on every planet. They were just on. So it, I can understand why some people did not know who they were. If you weren't on one of the main planets, now, if you're on Coruscant and never heard the Jedi, I got a problem with that. But well, if right, you were right. out in the outer rim or things of that nature, I can you know, they weren't as involved. Yeah, I guess. It's still... the Empire cover I mean, I'm sure the Empire destroyed every book of them, everything had to do with them was destroyed. <laughs> I'm sure talking about the Jedi was banned. Yeah, but they have like the internet, don't they? <laughs> no, I don't think they do actually in this world. Well, I mean, in the Xenia universe they do, but I mean in oh. the, in this world, <laughs> do they actually have the internet? I don't know. They never I mean, show they... it. They never show it. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, she has to explain to them what Jedi are. And he's just completely like, Jedi? What? Huh? Okay. Armor and, badass, though. Yeah, the armor. Yeah, she gets a little fight scene, I think. She does. Where she, they, so you find her, and somehow, even though they're being chased, they still have time to stop and have her put the little signet on his armor now because he gets the Mudhorn signet. They still yeah. have time for that somehow. And he gets a jetpack. Yeah, she gives him the jetpack. And then she stays there because she needs to finish cleaning up all the armor, even though he's like, come with us. And she's sitting there holding two hammers when the stormtroopers come in, and then she just takes them out. Yeah. And that, the if you watch uh, Corridor Crew on YouTube, they have this, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, they have a series called uh, Stuntmen React. And they bring in like stuntmen and stunt women and have them like go over fight scenes and action scenes and stuff. And they had the uh, the stunt woman who did this fight scene okay. that her on there, and she kind of like walked them through how they choreographed it and all that. It was it was pretty cool. It's a it's a good scene, and then they end up getting to a raft after this to get out of the of the sewers they're in. They end up on a lava river, and I yeah. I laugh at this part when I first saw it because they get to this lava river and you see a little R two unit on the boat. I'm like, okay, cool. An R2 unit. But when they go and talk to him or activate, activate him, he ends up getting all big and grows legs and the R2 unit grows arms and starts yeah. moving the oar to get him up down the river. <laughs> I always laugh yeah, at that. I like that. Because uh, you've never seen an R2 unit do that before. Yeah, that was, that was fun. And there's uh, a whole ambush waiting for them at the end of the, 
the tunnel that they're at. Right. And this is where IG 11's like, you guys have no choice. If I stay, we'll die. So I'm, so he gets in the lava, walks to them and then blows himself up. Yeah. That was really, that was a really, uh, that was really good. And then they get out of the tunnel and, uh, Moff Gideon's like in his action, in his like tie interceptor going after him. Yeah. And this is, this is good. Like the way he takes them out, he jetpacks up because they try shooting at him, but they're doing nothing. Cause again, you're yeah. trying to shoot a spaceship with smaller weapons is not going to work. And right. he, he jetpacks up, hooks onto the tie, the tie interceptor and puts a bomb on the wing. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, and then you, Again, I don't understand why they didn't decide to check the crash and maybe shoot the crash a little bit or something. You know, put I guess some more they bombs. just were trying to get out of there. They're trying to get out of there as fast as they can. Yeah, because the stormtroopers aren't just going to drop their gun. Yeah, the stormtroopers are still there. So, okay, that makes sense. Because he gets in the ship and he leaves, and then you get you get the final scene of Jawas going over to the ship trying to you know scrap it for parts because they're Jawas and yeah. Moff Gideon cuts open the ship with the dark saber and climbs out. Yeah, and I had not seen the dark saber episodes uh, is it in is it in, is it rebels that the dark sabers in it's not in it's not in clone wars right i can't remember it's in clone wars but it's definitely in rebels because i've seen pretty much all of clone wars but i i watched it like kind of passively like doing other stuff so i wasn't sure and i haven't watched rebels but so whenever the dark saber showed up there was a a portion of the star wars fan base that was just like lost their minds and me, I was like, a black lightsaber. Okay, whatever. It's one of a that, kind. That is a, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. So the story of the Darksaber, for, if you want to, you can kind of tell people if you want. Who, uh, it's a lightsaber that was made by the only Mandalorian Jedi. And whoever has this, the lightsaber is the ruler of Mandalorian. A Mandalorian. Yeah, though, though, as we find out at the final episode of season two, you have to kill to get it. You can't, yes. do, it can't be given. So, And it is in they, Clone Wars. Oh, it is in Clone Wars. Because okay. a guy so wields it against Kenobi. Okay, yeah. So I don't remember that. So I was I was like, okay, whatever. Black lightsaber. But the the bigger meaning of it when when it's revealed in season two is uh, is pretty neat. I think it ha- I think it serves a really good purpose in that second. Darth Maul has it season. at the end of Clone Wars and uses it against Sidious, and then either he loses it or something, and then it shows up later on, and it shows up in Rebels again. Yeah, and so now we want to know how Moff Gideon got it. Yeah, because they've never explained that yet. Because in when, in the end of Rebels, or somewhere in Rebels, if I remember correctly, it's the Mandalorian girl has it, Sabine, and then that's the last thing you see. Right, Sabine. And then is Sabine... Sabine's not in Mandalorian Season 2, right? That's No. No, it's... I can't I remember her name now. Oh, she's going to oh, be, be, be in Season 3. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, again, at some point, in my... Star Wars opinion is that they're going to get to a point where they're going to introduce Thrawn like big time in the live action. Oh, Thrawn yeah. is in Rebels, which takes place during the Empire's reign and stuff happens and Thrawn is taken out of the picture, but he's not killed. So he's not around when Luke shows up, but he's not dead either. I don't want to spoil what happened, but he's he's around. Oh, okay. So I, I'm thinking he's coming. That'd be cool. He'll be a big bad at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I was thinking, um, I know who, God, what is her name? She's Played Starbuck in God no no, no uh, the, sh- the show uh, Katie Sackoff oh yeah she plays uh, Bo Katan Bo Katan yes. is who I was thinking of she's gonna come That's around was, again. yeah uh, she'll be in she'll have to be in the Boba Fett show like, oh yeah they're I, not I figure she's I figure she's gonna be one of the the villains in the Boba Fett show I feel like Boba Fett will be the villain of the Boba Fett show <laughs> I, I I think I think I don't know he they they kind of made him into a, a very they made him into a pretty 
into a heroic character in Mandalorian season two. So, yeah, but I can't see that lasting. Yeah. I'm interested to see it. It's one of those things of, like I was saying at the top of the episode, I, uh, I did not want them to put Boba Fett in it. I really, I just, what I want the most from star Wars is I want them to just go off and do their own thing and not feel like everything has to be beholden to these movies that came out 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, these movies that came out 40 years ago are like my favorite pop culture thing ever. Uh, it's like, let them be there and then do your own thing. Like, give me a, give me a movie that has nothing to do with anything else in star Wars. Give me a show that has nothing. To, and so you didn't need to bring like Mandalorian is that you've got, you're referencing stuff, but you've got all brand new characters. No one's back, but then you bring back Boba Fett and it's like, Oh, come on. You didn't need to do that. But then I felt like they did a good job of it, but I yeah, still would just I, rather. I'm a big defender of that. Cause I love seeing Boba Fett back and I'm excited for the show. And so I'm okay, but yeah, I I'm excited for the show now. Like at first I wasn't, but then I felt like they did a really good job of him in the, sh- in uh, Mandalorian season two. So I mean, now, sense. now I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Moff Gideon isn't from the comics. Like he's a brand new villain. I want to say not from the extended universe from before, but I know the idea of those characters are from the extended universe. Like all the ad, all the like pe- admirals that took over after the, after the emperor went down the hole. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, Admiral Thrawn is, is one of yeah. those, but like, uh, Admiral Dela was one of my favorites from the, uh, the extended universe The she was the, uh, the villain in the, uh, Jedi Academy trilogy. Oh, okay. And then she comes back several times. And then in the, the, like the newest or not newest, but furthest forward in the continuity, uh, once she is like brought in by Chancellor so Leia, Chancellor okay. Solo brings her in and they like create like a coalition government of New Republic and Imperial Remnant. You know, I'm just and she's and she is brought in as like a con is like console basically. I just want more like back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really I, uh, want a live action Mara Jade. I was a big fan of the uh I think it's the Heirs to the Force trilogy. Heirs to the Empire? Or no I think it's called Heirs to the Force, but it's like nine. It's a nine book, so it's like a nonology written by three different authors, and they take turns on them uh, every third book. And my favorite Star Wars author, Karen Travis, wrote three of them, and they're the ones they brought back, brought back and fleshed out the Mandalorians, uh, Boba Fett. Like she brought back Boba Fett and fleshed out his backstory and character. Awesome. And uh, but anyway, in those, Ben Solo kills, or not Ben Solo, uh, Jason Solo that Ben Solo from the movies is clearly based on Jason Solo killed Mara Jade oh. in those books. Okay, that's part of the Star Wars Young Jedi Knight series. Yeah, no, not I'm not thinking of Young Jedi Knights. It's something else. But it's where Jason Solo becomes Darth Cadus, the new Dark Lord of the Sith, Dark Lord of the Sith, and then his twin sister Jaina Solo has to kill him at the oh. end of the series. It's really really good, uh really good nine book series taking place about 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 30 years after the original trilogy. So about the same time as the new sequel movies. And so of course it's all non-canon now, but this is pre Disney, but those are, those are really good books. People, Mm -hmm. people don't believe me, but uh, a good portion of star Wars books are actually really good. No, that's what I've heard. I just never really read any of them, but it's not for, it's just just never got around to it. Yeah. A lot of them are bad, but a lot of them are really good. (laughs) A lot of them are bad. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things of like, you've got some Star Wars authors that they felt like they couldn't write a Star Wars book unless yeah. they cameoed every main character and then <laughs> wrote them badly. And then you have some authors that did just their own things with it or that they used existing characters, but they took them in new and interesting directions. So, yeah. Okay. 
any last things to say about this? No, this is, I mean, just covered. such a good show. Like it, it at a time where I was uh, really kind of soured on, you know, Disney's treatment of Star Wars. Yeah. I felt like these movies, like, or these show, this show really did a lot of goodwill, built a lot of goodwill among Star Wars fans. I agree too. Yeah. I was like, I feel like this, this series and Rogue One show like the Disney, <laughs> Disney can make good interesting new star wars stuff you know one is such a good movie too it really is and it's one of those things it's not all new right it's it's taking place in between two of the movies it's taking place like you know five minutes before the first movie but like literally but it's it's doing like its own thing and it doesn't have until with the exception of a couple of you know creepy cg characters it doesn't really uh have any recur it doesn't have any doesn't have any major characters the the darth the darth vader stuff was very clearly added after they changed directors well it's just there to give you that big like blur of stuff happening too so yeah but i felt like i felt like well the the darth vader like hallway scene is amazing but the darth vader scene like at his like lava castle is stupid but i don't but yeah no i love i love rogue one and i love i love mandalorian and it also is really cool how they made it if you're like interested in how movies are made, a how little they the visual, how they did the visual effects that they built this like LED like cylinder basically that they film inside, and so they build a set inside this LED a cylinder, and then they project the they're not project they like play the the fully rendered like CG background and everything around them, and it gives like the proper lighting to everything. And it's really like changing the way they're making film. That was okay. really cool. And they also um, rendered everything in Unreal 4 video game engine, which is also pretty cool. <laughs> I remember hearing about it and it was a big people were talking about it, but I never really stuck to paying attention. It, it's really important for like um, the way, uh, you know, the way like traditional movies, oh, not the way CG in movies traditionally is done. They have to build everything like cg like if like if there's like a mountain they've got to build that mountain they've got to build the rocks everything and it's extremely labor intensive and takes a long time and game engines like unreal have well unreal specifically has like procedural generation where it can use ai to create a lot of that stuff and so it can save a lot of time and thus a lot of money and also it doesn't take a like crazy expensive computers to to run also that also so they're able to do all this and then filming it inside that like cylinder of light i can't i think they call it like a lightscape or whatever yeah but filming it inside that allows them to use pre-render backgrounds but actually have the proper lighting so things look like they're actually in it so he actually looks like he's walking around on a planet when he's actually walking around in, in just like a, a on a state on a little stage <laughs> okay and so you're able to get that on location feel without the expense of on location it's pretty neat. that's cool though but yeah, I, I think that uh, you could not have. Uh, and, and also, it's great to get away from Jedi for a little bit. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, we've read a lot. of We've done a bunch of Star Wars stuff in the show, and it, it's always nice when to get away from Jedi. Much as I love the Jedi, it's nice to see other yeah. parts. And, and, and there's a little bit of it. You know, you got Grogu doing his 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 Force stuff occasionally. Yeah, um, he's the baby. You know, you got the dark. You got, you know, you got a you got Ahsoka show up eventually. But That's for the most part, two. yeah, right. But for the most part, the show just is is kind of doing stuff without the Jedi in it, and I think that's that's important for Star Wars. Also, I think the best Star Wars stories 
are some of the best Star Wars stories of Void using the Jedi. Like I think that that's one of one of the many weaknesses of the prequels is is just <laughs> Jedi overload. Like Episode Two, yeah. when all those Jedi show, when there's like eighty Jedi with lightsabers, and it's just like, I mean, if I was ten, I would be freaking losing my mind at this. But as an adult, I'm just like, can't we do something else? So I, I liked, I really liked the Mandalorian for for doing something else while still paying a lot of homage to the source material. Okay, I think we should bring us to shelf stacker box real quick since we kind of already there. Um, I'll go first. This is this season's obviously going on the shelf. It introduced a brand new characters. It is super entertaining and it made me want more. Like I was so, and this season ended. I was so excited for season two to come eventually, and I'm still I'm excited for season three to come eventually. Like it's just so good. So definitely going on the shelf, and I'm glad that I'm glad we re- we finally are recovering recovering this. And I rewatched it. Yeah, shelf for me a hundred percent. This is, I mean, definitely my favorite thing on Disney Plus. Uh, the Disney Plus is done. Uh, this is it's definitely the best. Uh, other than yeah, other than Rogue One, this is my favorite thing that Disney has done with Star Wars. So okay. yeah, that and getting to visit the Star Wars at Disneyland is pretty awesome. <laughs> also, which I haven't gotten to. I was supposed to go to Gal- we had tickets to Gal- Galaxy's Edge for June 2020 already bought and everything back in February 2020 and uh you know yeah. that didn't happen. Well, no one knew what was coming. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going and seeing that eventually, but I went to uh Disneyland in um 2018, I think or 2017 and they have the whole like the Star Wars Landing Bay area now in uh Futureland or Tomorrowland. I got to see that uh, someday. And it's really cool. Yeah, you can see my user icon on Skype is me yep. and my wife and son uh, <laughs> hugging, uh, hugging Chewbacca. It's pretty cool. And I, yeah, and I got and we sim, we have similar picture of Boba Fett. Only you don't you don't hug Boba Fett. You, you kind of stand. Boba Fett kind of stands, looking angry, like looking scary. And you take a picture of him in Mos Eisley Cantina. But and same thing at Darth Vader. We got one with Darth Vader like that too. It's pretty cool. I got he's, go like, point, he's like pointing at my son sternly. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. But yeah, we walked up to stand next to Chewbacca, and Chewbacca just put his arms around me and my wife. Like, it was okay. like pure joy. Like that was like like that photo of me. You zoom in on my face; it's just like the absolute pure joy. <laughs> so that's my favorite thing Disney's done with Star Wars. Then Rogue One, then Mandalorian. So okay. And if you want to hear more Star Wars, we covered Star Wars Dark Empire Two, Comic Episode Thirty, Star Wars Dark Empire One. Comic 27, Star Wars Force Unleashed, episode 115, Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 2, TV 1, <laughs> Star Wars Bounty Hunter, episode 87, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which is two parts, episode 69, Star Wars Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, comic 6. That's a really good comic series, by the way, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you ever read it. It's the second run, but it it takes place of what he did after episode 3 until episode 4. It's very good. Yeah, I, I think I've listened to the episode, but I haven't okay. read the comic. So It's yeah. a good comic, too. Uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, episode 48. Star Wars Holiday Special, film six. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Republic Commando, our number one episode still, episode 21. And Star Wars Dark Forces, episode 13. So this is our 13th Star Wars episode we've done on the show. That's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and there will be more. Yeah. And Carrie, where can people find you at? Yeah, so I uh, I stream on Twitch, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A, Carusetta. You can find me there playing Dark Souls and uh, repairing video game consoles and playing D&D, just doing all sorts of stuff on there. All right. And 
if you enjoyed this episode, go check out, like I mentioned, all our Star Wars episodes and go check out all the other stuff we have done. We do movies, we do comics, we review TV seasons apparently sometimes once in a while. So definitely <laughs> go check out all our old content that we have. There's plenty of it for you. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. And I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Hell Half Fury, Helena, friend of the show. She made us an intro and outro, so you will hear that at the beginning of the show. And and I think I said, please follow you. And we also have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you can vote in our Patreon poll and you can help out the show. So definitely go to, go use the link in the show notes to our Patreon. So definitely go check that out. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.